Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 463. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I love doing these episodes. I love having conversations with all of you. I love talking with you live when I do my Instagram lives. I love answering your questions when I'm doing Ask the Dean on Wednesdays now at 1 p.m. Eastern with my mapped team. I love interacting with you in many, many ways. And if you love interacting with me or with us, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash apply and find out all of the opportunities that you can have as a guest on one of our many different channels, whether that's application renovation, mission accepted, ask Dr. Gray, and in the future, am I ready is coming back with Dr. Scott Wright. So again, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash apply to see how we can help you for free. All right, let's talk about the MCAT minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. A great question we've been getting a lot lately is Anki. What is this Anki thing? Well, I have something better than Anki. Blueprint MCAT's brand new flashcard spaced repetition platform. It is an amazing set of 1,600 plus flashcards where you can go and create extra personal flashcards for yourself as well, built upon a brand new spaced repetition platform that is proven to help you retain more information. You can get access to this for free forever at blueprintmcat.com. This is not a free trial. This is a free product from Blueprint MCAT. So go to blueprintmcat.com and go get that free 1600 plus flashcard deck on their brand new platform. All right, so today I have last week's Instagram Live 
And I wasn't going to do an Instagram Live this week, but there were two back-to-back guests that came on and asked questions that I need you to hear. Fear is a powerful factor for all of us when it comes to getting through this process or not getting through this process. The, the one guest that comes on, and you'll, you'll hear it's like 15 or 20 minutes in, is afraid to take the MCAT and it's holding her back. She's in a PhD program now and is wondering, should I stop my PhD program? Should I apply to medical school? And at the end of the day, the MCAT is the thing that is preventing her from pursuing her dream of being a physician. She didn't just come to this realization that she wanted to be a doctor. She's known it. But she is letting the MCAT control her destiny. I want you to listen to this episode. I want you to hear my words for her. And if you are in a similar situation, surround yourself with supportive people who will hold you accountable and not let you get away with stuff. I love bringing people on on my Instagram lives because I don't let them get away with stuff. Obviously, I can't, I can't have them prove to me or, or, or promise me that they're going to do anything, but I, I hold them to account when we're on together. So hopefully, this will get through to at least one of you to help you move forward in this process to get you to go to medical school and become a physician. What's going on? It is Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's when I show up here on Instagram Live. Usually, usually, whoa, usually when the camera falls over. <laughs> What's going on? So if you are new here, um, I'm here for an hour answering your questions. I love when you come on video with me. So hit that little camera button plus button and come join to request to be on with me. I don't know. It's all the cuttlefish people. Looks like we got some fun spammers in the group or just some random people. Uh, just curious if you know the school Rocky Vista University. Of course, I live uh, about 40 minutes from the Colorado campus. So we can uh, we can chat about RVU if you want. Uh, if you want to come on live with me to ask that question, I would love it. It's the best way to come ask questions so we can interact and I can pick your brain some more. Um, how is everyone doing this Friday morning? Wonderful, wonderful. I hope, um, it is October 1st. If you're in the middle of an application cycle now, things are, things are still, still going strong. So if you, uh, I haven't gotten any interviews yet, don't worry. Don't worry. Hopefully your application is in by now, but if you haven't gotten any interviews yet, there is still time. So as we go through this process, uh, the application process, there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of nothing. There, there's just a lot of waiting, unfortunately. And you have to be patient through this process. Um so, again, if you want to come on live with me, you can do so. Click that little camera button. We'll bring you on. We'll ask some questions. We'll have a little chat. We can we can have some fun. Dr. Guriri. I don't know who Dr. Guriri is. <laughs> What's up, Nelson? Um, 
Uh, I still don't know who Dr. Gray is. He's spell, spelling it wrong, buddy. Spelling it wrong. G-R-A-Y. Um, yeah, so so Danya, I, I was just saying that, right? It's very normal, unfortunately, to not hear back from schools. Um, it's something that I would love to continue to, to push schools on to be more communicative with students going through this process, right? You've spent a lot of money to apply to medical school. The, the least they can do is just say, hello, we got your application, right? Some schools will say your application is complete. Some schools will not say anything. Some schools will say your application is under review now. Some school, it's just, it's mostly silence, unfortunately. Even at, at, at the end of March, April, May, you you likely will not hear back from from schools. Uh, and so you just assume, I guess I wasn't good enough. Anyway. Uh, biochemist, I really love your weekly sessions. Well, good. I'm glad. I love doing them. So let's uh, let's chat. Come on live with me. I don't have uh, I don't have any questions here. How scribing seen from medical schools? Some schools like it. Some schools don't. Some schools love it. Uh, some schools. It's just it just depends. Uh, whenever you ask questions broadly about how do medical schools do X or how do medical schools view Y, then <clears throat> there there's no easy answer to that because every medical school is different. Scribing in my mind is great. Some people don't like it because it's it's not passive, but it's not super interactive either, depending on the situation. So it's just a matter of of applying to medical schools and letting them determine what they're going to do with it. I like scribing. I recommend scribing. It's a great way to, to see what that, um, that kind of interaction is with patients, with other, um, uh, other healthcare providers, whether they're nurses, PAs, NPs, et cetera. Again, I want to answer your questions. University of Michigan Med Schools joined. Hello, what's up? Come on, let's talk about UMish uh, admissions. UM, go blue, although not. Uh, I'm a gator, sorry. Um, how do you best prepare for the MMI? So the, hello, Kelsey. Uh, the MMI is interesting. I, I think students over-prepare for the MMI. Uh, the same way I think students over-prepare for uh, Casper. And both are created by the same people. Remember the the crazy <laughs> the crazy Canadians at McMaster University who created uh, the MMI back in the day, and then Casper. Um, now, at the end of the day, the medical school interview is a communication test. How well can you communicate with your fellow human being, whether that's in person or virtually, whether that's in these kind of forced scenarios like an MMI? Or it's just a tell me about yourself, why do you want to be a doctor, traditional type interview. It's a communication test. Can you communicate? Unfortunately, students come in thinking they have to prove something. And when you come in thinking you have to prove something, you try too hard. And when you try too hard, you kind of sound like a robot. Or you sound like you are, are a script right? Or you sound like you're, you're going off of a very formal structure. And 
I've done MMIs with students who have read, and I have the book here somewhere. I, I, I never want to show it because I don't, I don't like talking bad about people, but I don't like this MMI book. Uh, and I will have an MMI book out at some point in the future. Uh, no, no timeline at this point. But the, the MMI book that's out there that people use, it's very structured in how they give you advice. They say, you should go in and do X, Y, and Z. You should structure your answer in this way. You should always start with this and start with that and think about this and do that. A very common method is the STAR method. If you if you don't know what the STAR method is, um, it is the uh, situation, right? What's the situation? What is the, um, I'm pulling it up here, the task? What's the action? What's the result? And And when you communicate in a framework like that, you're not communicating. You're just lecturing. The MMI, the traditional interview, the medical school interview is a communication test. Can you communicate with me? Not can you lecture to me, lecture at me, right? So for the MMI, for traditional interview, again, communicate, think, think out loud. I've been using a lot, uh, show your work. That's what the MMI is. That's what the Casper is too. Show your work. Not just, I would do this, but here's what I'm thinking about in this situation and here's the conclusion. Here's here's the solution that I have at the end of the day after I kind of spill my guts and tell you everything I'm thinking about. Here's some good things that may happen from this. Here's some bad things that may happen from it. Here's some things that maybe I think I'm getting wrong. Here's some assumptions that I'm making. Show your work. That's my recommendation for the MMI. What's up, Kay Lee Taylor? Hello. Britain, Britain, Brit and something forever. What's up, Anthony? Um, Justice, hello. Alaya, hello. Um, again, if you want to come on live, I love to uh, bring you on live so we can talk to each other. You can ask your questions. I'm here for the next 50 minutes or so. Um, hit that little camera plus button. Uh, when should you send update letters? This is a, a great question that I think a lot of students, they overthink. At the end of the day, the first question is, does the school... Like go go through each of the schools in your list that you've applied to. Do they accept updates? Some schools do, some schools don't. Some schools that accept updates will only want updates about specific things. Other schools are like, tell us everything, right? <laughs> tell tell us what you had for breakfast and lunch and dinner and and when you went to the bathroom, right? It's like it's like just tell me everything and and <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so you, first and foremost, follow the rules of the school. The other thing you need to think about is ask yourself the question, what is this adding to my application? How is this presenting me in a little bit of a different light compared to my primary and secondary application that I've already turned in? If you are just saying, hey, I have 100 more hours of scribing experience when you already have 800 on your application, that's not doing much. And I probably wouldn't do that. If on your application you have it projected out that you're going to end 
your scribing experience in July of 2022, because that's when you're hoping to start medical school. It's on there. You telling them that you're still scribing doesn't help because you've already told them that. So you have to look at everything through a lens of what is this going to add? How is this going to change their view? Is there a weakness in my application that I can address in an update to say, hey, when I submitted my primary application, I had just started this job, so I didn't really have a lot of experience or a lot of hours or whatever. But here's what I've been doing since I submitted my application. Here's the impact that it's had on me. That's all. Or hey, when I submitted my primary application, I didn't have any shadowing hours, and I know that can be seen as a weakness. And since I've submitted, I've been lucky enough to get uh, 20 shadowing hours shadowing a, a cardiologist or a GI doctor or whatever, right? Potentially address weaknesses with those update letters. Don't just bombard people to bombard people. Medical schools, in case you didn't know, get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of applications every cycle. I don't know if if uh, Michigan is still watching. They they can <laughs> they can vouch for that, right? They get a lot of applications, and it's a lot of quote unquote paperwork, right? To keep track of, it's a lot of communication. And if every student is out there going, I just want to let you know, here's what I had for breakfast. I just want to let you know, I had another three hours of of clinical experience yesterday. I just want to let you know, we submitted our research paper. I just want to let you know, like it's overwhelming. So at the end of the day, you have to look at everything you do and ask yourself, is this worth bugging them about it? Do I have a weakness in my application that I can address? That's what I would say. Actually, Darian, my pre-med advisors told me to stay away from you. That means I've made it. Advisors don't like me. They think I'm evil. <laughs> they, they can't tell me I'm wrong, though. That's okay. It is all good. Um, all right. If I have to reapply, my pre-health committee isn't willing to update letters of recommendations. They claim it's used to solely assess me from college. Being non-trad, what should I do? Should I still use their letter? I wouldn't. It seems useless. Uh, I, I think it's the wrong... Um, uh, the wrong way to look at a, a letter of recommendation, right? The A letter of recommendation isn't, uh, Johnny was good in college. I have your transcript to know that, right? Johnny was an empathetic, compassionate person in college. He's a lunatic now, but he was an empathetic person in college. And so we're only, <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. So I would just do individual letters um, and and... Don't worry about not having a committee letter. Not an issue there. How will med schools view my first quartile Casper? I don't know, right? We're we're at a situation, again, number one, you can't speak for all medical schools because every medical school does something different. Medical schools who want Casper results may be gathering data, may be using as part of their interview process, to, to determine who to interview. Uh, they may be doing or using Casper post-interview to determine who they accept, comparing 
who you are in person, what your interview kind of results are compared to what your Casper results are. So at this point, the the answer is, I can't tell you, unfortunately. Um, I, I think if you have to apply again, understand the Casper a little bit more, go rewatch what I said uh, once this IGTV is out, the recording of this is out, about how to think about Casper and the MMI, about showing your work and thinking through everything. I think that's one of the biggest things that students miss is they they just go straight for the answer and go, all right, that was easy. <laughs> and, and that's not, at the end of the day, the, the goal of this process. Um, actually, Darian, uh, send me a DM and, and let me know what's, what school you're going to where your advisors are telling you to stay away from me. That's funny. I've turned into the student doctor network, I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. When I, when I first started this nine, almost nine years ago, November would be nine years, um, uh, the podcast that I do, um, February will be 10 years that I started my website. Uh, I started to be the anti-student doctor network, to be a voice of uh, uh, of reason, right? To talk more about data-driven uh, information and not just talking about, here's what I did to, to get into medical school, here's what you should do. But I, I talk to tons of ADCOM members, tons of deans and directors of admissions. I interview them for the pre-med years podcast. I talk to lots of students um, and bring them on the podcast to talk about their journeys to medical school and their experiences. And I'm able to, to synthesize all of that information into, um, into what I talk about. So the, the typical response from advisors is that private advisors, because I do one-on-one -on -one advising, private advisors are evil because they charge money. And, and I just laugh at that because I'm like, you charge money too. It just is in the form of tuition. Part of that tuition money that is skyrocketing is going to pay you. So they, they think they have some moral high ground when they don't, but that's okay. <clears throat> um, hey, Dr. Reyes and Nontrad, is it a determinant, a detriment uh, to not have research hours? Should I prioritize some research hours before applying? Uh, my answer for this is always, if you want to do research, try some research. If you don't want to try research, don't try some research. That's it. One way, Zhang, if a school's admissions office teaches using the STAR method during the interview MMI workshop, would you recommend using the method when answering interview questions? So are you talking about a med school admissions office? I'm assuming because it's school admissions office. Um, if they teach the STAR method, which again, I don't recommend because it's it's such a framework and, and not a communication uh, skill. I don't, I I wouldn't, but I would if, if the school's recommending it. Photosensitivity, I've tried emailing numerous times about the lack of access to my e-shadowing certificate. What should I do? Uh, I, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know the lack of access to my e-shadowing certificate. Email again. Just email me, Ryan, at medicalschoolhq.net. Um, we'll see what's going on. We got students getting certificates every day, so not sure what's going on with yours. 
is having most of my experience in my last year and a half of college a bad thing? Nope. Get it done. Can you give us an example framework for tell us about yourself question? Also, good morning. So again, I don't like frameworks for answering questions because it doesn't allow for natural conversation. So things I want you to think about with tell me about yourself is who are you and what do you do for fun? I'm Max, I'm from this area. Here's a little about my family. Here's what I do for fun. Unfortunately, students go into, here's what I, here's where I went to high school, here's where I went to college, here's what I majored in, here are my all, all of my extracurriculars, uh, here's how amazing I am, and it's just like, I just, I just like want to get to know you a little bit more, see if we have anything in common, see if there's some things that we can talk about. Um, May asks, again, I'm reading these questions because nobody is requesting to come on live. I would much prefer you guys come on live with me. Um, I hate just sitting here reading questions and answering them. So come on live with me if you can and, and let's have a conversation. Does it look bad if I'm taking classes part-time and having two jobs? Do adcoms see that as too much? Well, they, they may see it as too little, right? Too, too little. At the end of the day, part of the equation of the, the academic capability is how much did you challenge yourself? Obviously, having two jobs and taking classes part-time is a lot of responsibility, but what will your grades look like when you go to full-time student? Are you going to be able to maintain your GPA, keep your, your grades up, et cetera, um, and not burn out? And Because medical school is hard. You're not going to be able to work in medical school. You're going to be taking classes and studying all the time for the most part. And so part of that equation is are you part part of the academic capability equation is how rigorous were your courses to get the GPA that you have. And so it, it depends on what part time looks like. Are you taking eight credits, six credits? Um, that, that may be an issue. All right. Hit that little camera button. Come join me. Maria says, I'm a sophomore at community college. What should I be doing to prepare for a medical school admissions process? Be a very good student. Continue to hone your study skills. Uh, hone your uh, time management skills, your self-care routines, all of that stuff. Uh, and when you transfer to a four-year university for your your degree, make sure that you keep your grades up. Something that happens a lot is students will perform well in undergrad or or, or at community college rather. They'll get like 373 at community college. They'll transfer to the four-year university and then get like 3334. And that doesn't look good. Okay. So make sure that your study skills and, and all of that is set. And once you think you're good there, then start adding stuff, shadowing, clinical experience, research if you want to, all of that stuff, a little bit at a time. Yes, one way, Zhong. 
I would. Don, yeah. If schools send rejections to people who apply later than you, but not you, does it mean they're still considering you? I would, I would probably assume that. I think that's a good assumption. All right. Let's see if Max can join us. Hello, Max. Good morning. Good morning. This is so much better than just me reading questions and answering I, them. I agree. Droning on and on. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Um, I have my first interview in two weeks. Sweet. So, Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, I had my first mock interview two days ago okay. and definitely got a lot of the kinks out of the way. But I definitely think my personality didn't come off as well on like my tell me about yourself question. Okay. And it was like, I started just going down random ways okay. and I needed to figure so, out so how stop, to stop. Max, tell me about yourself. Um, hi, my name is Max Steinhauer. I, I, I already am... know your name. Don't, don't start with your name. I know your name. I just say, Hey Max, tell me about yourself. It's a very common I, thing. It's, it's it, like, n- nobody's going to really care. But at the end of the day, it's such a weird thing of like, I know who you are. Don't, don't tell me your name again. Okay, keep going. Sorry. And all, also, my interview is asynchronous. So there's not even an interviewer. Yeah. I'm just talking to myself. That sucks. So I got to work with that. Um, but I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. So I grew up in my school is a local school. So I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. Grew up down the street from the school. Um, I have a brother. We love to play baseball together growing up, um, playing in the Valley. I am a big Golden Knights hockey fan. So go Knights. And I went to school at the University of San Diego. A little bit about that. I majored in finance while also pursuing a pre-med track. I really like to understand the business aspect and have a business perspective. Um, Going into the medical world, you have to be able to understand the problem to address them going forward into healthcare policy. Um, I'm a big rollerblade fan and... uh, I just think it kind of goes in random places, but um, there's also more things. Keep going. Um, I also am a type 1 diabetic, and I've been heavily involved with that community for my entire life. I've been with the Nevada Diabetes Association here in town. Um, I have gone back as a counselor, and I love what I do. I love working with children. I am an AmeriCorps um, mentor right now working in an elementary school. So I really like working with children. I've been involved with Dance Marathon and fundraising um, at the University of San Diego. And that's about me. Okay. All right. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think I just need a framework and I've been told to tell stories. No, you don't two, need a framework. Two, get, that, get that word out of your head. You don't need a framework. What you need are bullet points of the things that you want to talk about right? Who is Max? I want those five bullet points, four bullet points, whatever those bullet points are. You don't need a framework of, okay, I need to talk about this first, and then I need to talk about that first, and I need to transition to this. Like That's framework thinking, and that's not communication, okay? Just bullet points. So your bullet points to me, I'll, I'll highlight the bullet points if I, if I were to extract them, if I, if I remember correctly. It's where he grew up, right? Mm-hmm. My brother, It's where I went to college, what I majored in, and why I think that's important. Um, uh, 
what else? Type one diabetic, right? And hanging out with kids. For the most part, what is that? About seven bullet points. So yes. the thing that I like to think about, who are you? What do you do for fun? I don't care where you went to school. I don't care what you majored in. I have that in the application if I want to look. I don't need the sales pitch about how, oh, I'm a businessman and I'm going to do better because I'm a businessman, right? Students use this. And, and, and what I typically am good at is understanding why people are saying what they're saying because I've done this enough to know yeah. that what you're trying to do is go, ooh, it's my understanding, right? My assumption that not a lot of business majors are applying to medical school and that's going to help me stand out. And what I try to scream from the rooftops is don't try to stand out. Yeah. There are 60,000 plus students applying to medical school every year. I guarantee you there's a couple dozen business majors in there. And, and what I lovingly say is you're not special, right? Mm -hmm. And what I hope you take away from that is, okay, I can relax. I don't need to try to shine every single corner of my application and who I am and everything I've done. I would have loved if you just said, I, I'm from Las Vegas. Uh, I, I have a younger brother, older brother, whatever it is. We love playing baseball. We grew up playing baseball together. Um, I love Golden Knights hockey. It's been amazing. We have a hockey team and now a football t professional team here uh, locally. Um uh, I'm a type one diabetic. Uh, I love rollerblading, right? Th these, these just little tidbits about who you are. Cause then me as another human being, I can, I can just dive in on a ton of those, right? I love rollerblading. Let's talk about rollerblading, right? My father was a type one diabetic. Let's talk about type one diabetes for a while. Um, so that allows me to connect to you as a human being, instead of being lectured to about how you think business, being a business major is going to help you stand out and, and help you change healthcare. You see the difference there? So yeah. take the bullet points of, okay, family, location. What do I do for fun? Sports, like outdoorsy, do I like to read? Do I like to watch movies? What's the last movie I saw? What's the last book I read? Like what genre do I love? Little things like that that allow me as another human being to connect with you. Got it. So be personable. Get, Shocker, all, get all the things right? that are important just, to just me. Just communicate, yeah. right? Just communicate and don't try to sell yourself. When when students try to sell themselves, it's just, it's just like... The far majority of students try to do that. As the interviewer, I'm just like, oh, like another one that thinks they're the God's gift to mankind. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. But, oh, you're a type 1 diabetic. My dad's a type 1 diabetic. Let's talk about that. Right? Mm -hmm. You have a CGM? Do you, have a, you have a cool a little, pump that yeah. talks to your CGM and does everything you need yeah. to do and blah, blah, blah. And let's talk about that, right? Ideally. with the asynchronous, I mean, I don't have that opportunity. Correct. To talk to correct. And I want you to treat it the same. Okay. Because the person at the other end of that asynchronous interview is going to do the same exact thing to go, oh, Max, like, oh, like, I wish I could talk to you. I want to talk to you more. Right. Because, because that's the, 
the draw versus, okay, Max thinks they're a business person is going to change. Okay, Max thinks this. Oh, Max, yeah. All right. But if 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 I can I can relate to you, then that makes you more interesting, more memorable, and I want to bring you to my school. Is this is just uh, is this just a um, the what do you call it like a screener async or is this their main interview? This is their interview. It's on what, what school is it? Uh, UNLV. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I get a three-day window to record the hour and a half interview, and then the next day they have two mandatory uh, live sessions. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's really a bummer that they're they're doing that. I, I think it it removes right. It, there's a ton of subjectivity in the interview process, and we got we got uh, probably MCAT bros in the uh, in the group here. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a, a a ton of subjectivity in the interview process. But I, I personally think getting two people together to talk is magic. There are schools out there like uh, Carl Illinois College of Medicine that doesn't do interviews. They don't do That's an interview. They, they do an asynchronous kind of thing, um, but they don't do an interview. And, and part of the reason is they think there's too, too much subjectivity and the data doesn't show that it actually helps. So... We'll see. Might be the future of that, but yeah. We who knows? shall see. Any other last tips you have? This will be the first interview, and I'm just trying to. I have two weeks, so I'm just trying to practice, stare into my camera, make <laughs> eye contact. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, stare into your camera, make eye contact. If that's uncomfortable for you, you can like put a little post-it note like above or uh, below it or like tape a picture of someone right next to it so you can kind of get that personal feeling there. Um, but but again, at the end of the day, this is just a communication test to get to know who you are. And even though it's asynchronous, you you want to try to be as personable as possible. Got it. Yep. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I've been a big longtime follower. Finally got to talk to you for once. You did actually talk to our medical fraternity at the University of San Diego. Oh, nice. One time. Yeah. Um, with Phi Delta Epsilon. Yeah. Loved that. Nice. Good, good. Glad, okay. glad to help. Good luck. Fingers crossed. Keep us posted. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, oops. I pressed the button. I didn't, I didn't mean to press. Um, how often are the application renovation meetings? Uh, we will re start recording application renovation again in late January, early February. I'm currently recording mission accepted videos now. Hello there. Hi, Dr. Gray. It's me. I asked you one question like two weeks ago and I'm back. You're back. All right. What's going on? I am. Okay. So I am the PhD um, person who's, you know, is struggling because every day I wish um, I was, you know, in med school. Uh, but what I really realize is that I love research. You know, I love asking questions, right? And all these questions are related to somehow to, to medicine or to disease. Um, and so I realized that maybe just the research that I'm on, which is like a structural biology, uh, which is a lot of molecular assays, is not really translational. Yeah. And that's my struggle because I feel very like, apart from 
like patients and like real life. Yeah. Right. So I just talked to, you know, to some other people and maybe, you know, like try to find another lab. Uh, so now I'm just questioning, you know, like, should I, I'm in a PhD program right now, first year. Should I just look for an MD PhD program uh, that I can, you know, sort of reapply again, you know? Um, or should I just stay here and, you know, maybe like in my school, they don't have an MD PhD. And even if they do, the med school doesn't, um, they don't accept international students. Mm. So I'm not interested in the med school here anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm already in a PhD program here. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to like waste time changing programs, you know, to like MD PhD, knowing that I'm already a PhD, yeah. but, uh, but that could be an option or uh, dropping the PhD, getting a master's, you know, still do some research for the next two years mm. um, and then apply next cycle for uh, 2023 uh, MD. Why didn't you apply to MD school previously or you did and you didn't get in? I did not apply. I had a really good like, job offer in uh, public health and I just decided to take it. And then at the time I was just working full time and didn't you know, have the discipline to study for the MCAT. <laughs> um, and then I got the opportunity to enter this PhD uh, okay. with someone who's a new faculty and he just like recruited me. Okay. Um, and so I moved So here it to- was a very low barrier of entry for you. You didn't have to try a bunch to, to get the position, and now you're questioning if it's the right spot for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, it wasn't easy, you know, to get to get in the in the program. But um but I was yeah, I was like, yeah. It, it, yeah. There was no MCAT involved. <laughs> yeah, there was no MCAT involved. And I tried to study again this summer, yeah. but I was working and doing research and it was just okay. At, at what point did you realize you wanted to go to medical school? All my life. Okay. So you're just in the wrong, you're in the wrong place. I mean, I'm in the wrong place. I, I love science, you know, and I love how science is related to yeah. medicine, you know, and, and the more science I know. But, um, but you want to be a doctor. You don't want to be a scientist, right? Just in, in the classic, like, PhD scientist and, and MD scientist. You don't, you don't want to be... A PhD. You want to be an MD and maybe an MD PhD. Yes, correct, correct. So my dream will be like seventy percent with patients, and maybe a thirty percent in the research um, that connects me to patients. Okay, so you don't even need the PhD to do that to, to have that life. So leave what you're doing, go crush the MCAT, and apply to medical school next year. That is just not easy to live, you know, like that. This of course it's not easy, but it's what your heart wants. It's what you want. You're going to be miserable sitting in that lab or wherever you're at doing this day in and day out, regretting every single day that you're not in medical school. Yeah. Regret is poison. Yeah, I just that you know. What like, what are you, what are you concerned about the the loss of finances? Are you are you getting a stipend for your PhD? I am. It's that, and just like I want to make the most out of the time, you know. So like I know that studying for the MCAT, of course, is important, but I would like to, uh, you know, like maybe take classes at the same time. So go uh, take classes that I study and then, you know, volunteer and do other things. Uh, so maybe that's why the option was you drop the PhD and just get, you know, into a master's program and that will have. But, but, but why do you, why do you need a master's program? Just to stay in the, in the school. Why do you need to stay in school? Because of your visa? 
for vi visa, right? Without the visa status, and it, yeah, okay. that's one. That and sense. then, and then, and then because I could take classes at the same time, can, and everything is before. Can can you not? So so I talk to a lot of international students, and typically what they mm -hmm. say is, if you can get a job, a job job that is related to your degree, then you typically can, if the job sponsors your visa, you can stay in the country for a little bit longer. I yeah, I did that. I got the the work permit for, and I worked for three years, and that was. Okay, Gone, so you've so now been I, out of undergrad for a while. Since 2018. Okay, so then there's a bigger question is what is delaying you from taking the stupid MCAT and applying to medical school? <laughs> you know, don't one, don't you come know. on here. I'm going to challenge you. Don't don't come on here and think I'm going to take it easy on you. Right, I mean, the number one is fear. Right. Fear, of, the fear of what? Fear Not of getting fame. in? No, not even like getting just like you like the score not being like good enough, you know, because I've been studying for a while. Uh, but, uh, you know, every time I I, 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 I schedule the MCAT twice already okay. and I every time I just like cancel it because I feel like, you know, like I'm there like. Like high enough or like good enough. So then, you know, like, you know, like just next time, next time. Um, so I, the one is the fear. What, right? what's, the second, what's the worst that's going to happen if you take the MCAT and you bomb it? Nothing. I'll just take it again. Nothing. You'll take it again. No. <laughs> That's it. And you'll get feedback. And you'll t and yeah. you'll realize that this stupid test is 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 nothing more than this big scary monster that you've made up in your head. Yes, the MCAT's hard. And the MCAT is important, as my good friend Rob says. The MCAT is hard, and the MCAT is important <laughs> to do well. In yeah, but I, you know, I, like throughout, you know, since I graduated from, from uh, undergrad, I always just like felt guilty of just like taking time to study full time, and that's why you know I was like, no, I need to work, and then I was like, okay, working full time, and I couldn't manage, you know, to be honest, I couldn't manage working full time and studying for the MCAT, and then I was like, okay, last summer I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna work in a uh, as a Research assistant. Mm -hmm. There was no way I could manage both uh, working in the lab and studying for the MCAT. You know, I kind of, kind of was studying, but never like fully a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So that's what's been happening now. You know, if I really want to decade and just like study for the MCAT, that would, that would like it will be harder. Okay. So you've made it up in your mind that you have to study for the MCAT full time and do nothing else. No, but I've tried. No, that's what you just—that's what you just it. told me. That's what you just told me that that's what you need to do. And when you do other things, it's it's too much. Yeah. Why is that? Because the far, 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 far majority of students, international and not, take the MCAT doing other things. You're in yeah. a PhD program. You're obviously smart but you've built this MCAT up to be this big, scary monster. And yeah. you, you just need to start with something. Start studying for 10 minutes a day and then make it 20 after a week and then make it 30. And, and trust that you are smart enough to do this. And if you go and take the MCAT and you fail... Right. Which you can't really fail the MCAT, which is which is a benefit. You can't you can't get a failure. I mean, you can get a really bad score. Um, if you get a bad score, that's just feedback. It's just yeah. feedback that whatever you were doing didn't work. The problem that you're the, the situation that you're putting yourself into right now 
is you are already telling yourself that it doesn't work without actually understanding it, right? You're a scientist. The scientific method is come up with a, a, a question, right? What is my hypothesis? How do I create tests so that I can gather data to test whether or not my hypothesis is correct? You are skipping everything and you're just coming to conclusion that says there's only one way that I can study for the MCAT. And if I can't do that, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah, I had I had a chance to take it because I was scheduled to take it like uh, two months ago. And I, yeah. I was like, no, I'm not ready. What what is not ready? What what is the data that you're collecting that tells you that you're not ready? I don't know, just how I feel. Nah, that's not data. Come on, scientists. Are you taking full length exams? No. You can do this. I know I can. No, you don't. I know I can. I know, I know I can. I'm just I don't know. I don't know why. Like they're just like so much resistance. You need you need an accountability partner. Is there anyone watching this who's going to be taking the MCAT January, February, March, April next year who wants to be her accountability partner? Let's let's find you an accountability partner. That's what you need. Okay? Okay. Fear's holding you back. Fear of nothing right? Fear, fear of nothing. If you told me that you took the MCAT or you took full length exams and you were scoring 480, then yeah, we got to start somewhere and figure out why you're getting 480. But you're not even allowing yourself to get to that point because you're too scared to see what's behind the door. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Will you find an accountability partner? and work towards the goal of taking the MCAT next year so that you can apply to medical school? Yeah, I can, yeah. I know, okay. I know I can, I know I can take it by, by January. Okay. And get, yeah, and get a, so, okay. So, and then if anything, I can take it again in, in July. So for everyone watching this, DM Paula here and, <laughs> Let her know that you're there for her. Oh. All right? Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You got this. You got to trust yourself. Yeah. You don't You don't trust yourself right now. And, and, and there's probably deeper reasons for that. I'm no psychotherapist, but <laughs> I, 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 I tend to be one here on IG Live sometimes. <laughs> All right. We got you. We got you. Yes, yes, I'll get Check there. your DMs. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Gray. You're welcome. All right. That was a good one. Um, all right. See, this is so much better than me just answering questions. Just come on. Hello there. Hello, Dr. Gray. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's your name? Uh, my name is Reza. Reza. What's uh, going on? Yeah, um, I have a question. Um, 
about this cycle. Yeah. Um, my GPA is 4.0. And then um, I apply. My, I mean, I know, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that I have a really bad MCAT score of 502. Okay. Um, and it, I really messed up on the cars section. Okay. Um, so I, I also also mentioned this in my application as well. I've been watching your um, your YouTube videos, so uh, my application used that a lot. So okay. I followed your your uh, comments, your feedbacks. So, and then I have a questions on my I've. I completed all my secondaries on July 31st, okay. but I haven't heard anything back from any schools yet. Crickets. Um, yeah. That 502 so, is scaring yeah. them away for now. Yeah. Yeah. So is that normal? Should I? Uh, yep. If, uh, yeah. Yep. Jupai MDNDO, just MD? Both MDNDO. Okay. Um, majority of them are, I think it's like half and half. <clears throat> Okay, good. But, um, are, are there any other red flags um, in your application, meaning uh, obvious red flags like institutional actions or, or arrests or anything, or um, like a complete lack of clinical experience, shadowing, et cetera? No, there is no lack of, there is no any uh, red flags. And there is, um, I have clinical experience but the only thing that I'm missing is research. Okay. I don't have any research. Okay. Uh, but I have clinical experience and I put in my application uh, that will be doing like kind of like a caregiving uh, right now, clinical experience one-on-one okay. with a patient. And uh, I put that until end of July. Okay. Um, is that, I, the, I is that your main clinical experience is, is being a caregiver? Do you have any experience it's, like EMT, uh, CNA, that that kind of stuff? I've been like volunteering in the hospitals, but the 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 I think the critical one is the one that I'm doing right now. Okay. But the thing is that I end up coming to Australia. Okay. So that's another thing that I think it's it's after I applied to medical schools, I end up coming to Australia, and I'm seeking. I'm doing right now some clinical experience here as well. So I'm doing like. COVID tests okay. here in Great. Australia. So um, that, another question was that if I can send like update letters to schools about this sure. since I didn't put it in my application. Sure. Uh, so. On a COMIS, so on, on the DO application, you can actually go and add activities. Um, not a lot of okay. students know that. So you can you can add activities to a COMIS. AMCAS, you can't. The MD application, you can't do that. Um, so you could potentially update schools in that way. Uh, but definitely you could send update letters uh, to other schools, depending on if they accept them, to really help them understand what you're doing and hopefully show them that you're continuing to get clinical experience and it's not just being a caregiver. Caregiver is an interesting clinical experience. I, I think it's a great clinical experience. It's what I did a lot of, uh, um, I spent a lot of time doing in between my application cycles because I had to apply more than once. Um, uh, but I think schools don't appreciate it as much because you're not in this more like structured, formal, uh, official clinical setting. And so- yeah. It it just is what it is. So you're you're getting some experiences, which is great. Update the schools 
my guess is just just knowing the stats and kind of just kind of uh, anecdotally what happens through the application cycle is lower MCAT scores are looked at a little bit later because schools are starting at the top and working their way down. Uh, and you have a 4.0, which is awesome, but that 502 may hold you back. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you'll start to hear some stuff. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, but just uh, yeah, just having not hearing anything from any schools was kind of like it's frustrating. Me. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It's frustrating. And again, I, I mentioned it earlier. I don't know if you were on that. I think schools need to be more active and just saying, we got your stuff. You're still you're still here. We haven't rejected you. Like just some automated emails that go out just to give you some reassurance that that somebody cares <laughs> after spending thousands of dollars typically on this process. Like just just tell me you still care a little bit. So yeah, yeah. It's true, but the thing is that like I've been following the student doctors and stuff like that too, and I've seen like some yeah. students are getting like rejections from some of the schools, you know, and then uh, so I didn't get any rejection from those schools that I selected. So I was so like, "So you're saying there's a chance?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there still is a chance. Yeah, yeah. so I'm still waiting. Nice. So you so you saying there's nothing wrong with my with, with the stats, right? Right? It's just the five hundred two. I mean, five hundred two is a five hundred two. My MCAT score back in the day was equivalent to about a five hundred two now. So um, I, I was on the forty five point scale a long time ago. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's not great. It's not horrible. It's a five hundred two. In some of the applications, I know, like car sections, it's. Since English is not my first language, you know, like yep. um, cars was really, I had, I had really struggled with cars. Yeah. And that's when it, it got hit me more, you know? Yeah. So you're, you're not alone in that. And I also put that, yeah, I also put that in my application that, you know, I understand like you maybe. Um, Where did you put English that in your application? Uh, so the thing is that I moved to us in 2017 right okay and then from when where? i started 2017 from australia i lived okay. in australia about three years two years prior to that so okay and then um i originally am from iran so okay. um so yeah that's why when i moved 2017 here i did well i'm still struggling english with you know english language it's yep. a language barrier it's been a struggle but uh I what was, what was your section breakdown? What was your section breakdown? Do you know? Do you remember? Um, I think it was 127, mm -hmm. 121, uh, 127, 127. Okay. Yeah. So cars, cars destroyed you. Um, yeah, exactly. So typically what I see with that is you understand English and can comprehend reading English perfectly fine. You got 127s yeah. in the science sections. There's no difference between the science sections and, and the psych social, we'll call that science too, um, and the car section in terms of reading comprehension. There's no difference. Yeah. The difference is you have conditioned yourself to go, Oh, the car section. I'm an ESL student. This is supposed to be hard for me. And you make it hard for yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's, that's true too. It's, it's a mental 
thing as well. Uh, it's just very stressful too. I had so much stress when yeah. I was taking the exam. Yeah. So especially when it was when it, when there was cars as well. Yeah. What were you getting Even on your like full length the, exams? Um, like five or five, five or six. Okay. So not, I think the highest one I got was five or six. Okay. So not too and far off. Five, yeah, not too far off. Okay. But um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna plan probably if if I don't hear nothing this cycle, probably for sure I won't well, take it again. Think think about a January MCAT. A lot of okay. DO schools are very friendly to to January MCAT scores. So if you can take it in January and and potentially still get an interview and acceptance for DO schools this cycle, that okay. saves a lot of pain and suffering. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. The mental aspect of this process, we, we saw it both um, uh, both with the last student uh, and, and with this one, just fear driving a lot of it, doubt driving a lot of it um, with the car section, with the MCAT, um, and yeah, the uh, cars vocab potentially could be part of it. Um, for ESL students, there's there's a lot of idioms potentially that are in passages, uh, but you'd be very surprised that, uh, and, and if you don't listen to the MCAT Cars podcast, we're, we're not actively creating new episodes, but there's 100 plus episodes to go listen to, um, where you typically don't need to know all of that stuff. You don't need to know it. I'm a very poor reader. I don't have a very good vocabulary. But what you can be good at is trusting yourself and understanding that big picture stuff is typically what the MCAT is going after, not what is the definition of this and what is what is the vocab for this. Like You guys scare yourself out of doing well. And our brain can only hold so much information at one time. And you're filling it with self-doubt going, I'm not good at this. I don't know what that word means. I don't know what that phrase means. And, and you're blocking yourself from doing well. So with that said, I'm going to uh, drop now. It's been a great, great session with you all. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm typically here every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Again, I love when you guys come on. It's just it's so much better than me just reading questions and answering them. So thanks for allowing me to hang out with you this morning. Have a wonderful Friday, wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right, so there you have it. Hopefully that was helpful for you. Tons of great questions and hopefully a lot of motivation in there with a couple of those guests coming on. I hope you have a great week. Don't forget to go check out blueprintmcat.com and go sign up for a free account to get access to those amazing flashcards. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.